You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in as today's talk comes from Randy Spade. Good morning and welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad to have you here this morning. Good morning again. It's great to have you with us this morning. Thank you so much for coming or for tuning in. Christmas is a time of holiday traditions, and many of you may actually have a a tradition that you hold in common. In some way, shape, or form, you will watch over the Christmas season one of the many versions of a Christmas carol. Now, a Christmas carol is a novella written by Charles Dickens tells the story of Ebenezer Scrooge and his gradual change from a miser who detested Christmas to a philanthropist, someone who gave away his money. We read the story of uh, Scrooge working late one night when he's visited by the ghost of Jacob Marley. Marley tells him that he's going to be visited by three ghosts, and the first ghost to arrive is the ghost of Christmas past. During that visit, we learn that Scrooge's father, when he was a young child, sent Scrooge away to boarding school. And when Christmas would come every year, the other children would all go home. They'd be with their families. They'd eat lots of food, receive lots of presents. But Ebenezer's father never went for him. He left him at the boarding school over Christmas. Then we read how when he finished school, Ebenezer began to work in the warehouse, the same warehouse that he now was sole owner of. In the early years that he was working there, he met a young lady and he fell in love with a lady named Belle. They loved each other very much and he asked her if she would marry him and she said yes. They were engaged to be, mar- to, to be married, but gradually she found out that Ebenezer loved money much more than he loved her. And so... She broke up with him and left him. She broke up with him on Christmas Day. Well, it's no wonder that Ebenezer, as an adult now, hated Christmas. He looked back at his life. He remembered difficult things. Ebenezer was one of the first people to suffer from a very extreme case of what we might call the holiday blues. But he's not the only one who suffers from the holiday blues. Bob mentioned that in his prayer. Actually, in 2014, there was a survey, and in that survey, 
they discovered that 75% of respondents felt sad during the holidays. Now, part of that might be due to seasonal affective disorder, just less sunlight, it's, it's a chemical reaction, and that could be part of it. But others were seriously affected by depression. 68% felt financial stress during the holidays. Anybody identify with that? 66% felt lonely during the holidays. 63% felt a pressure to attend a growing number of parties and events that were going on. 57% just felt that there were unrealistic expectations. So why do we get depressed during the holidays? It's reality. Many of us do. There are reasons for it. First of all, we overeat. That certainly doesn't help. Uh, we, we have an unhealthy lifestyle. We overspend. Why, well, it's nice to give the gifts. It's nice to see them, and then the bills come. <laughs> we remember, sometimes we remember correctly, like Scrooge did, of losses during the holiday. Sometimes we remember falsely. We remember the good old days and we only remember the positive things. We don't remember how difficult those times were as well. We overextend our time. We accept commitments to go to just another party, just another event. And frequently we don't make time to recover. Christmas is over and we go right back to work. No wonder we get depressed. No wonder it's difficult. In Israel, we see the very same thing. Now we've been looking at prophecies about the first coming of the Messiah in the Old Testament. What the Old Testament says about Jesus who would be born. Today, we're going to see if they say anything about peace during the holidays. Today, we're going to look at Isaiah. Now, Isaiah lived at the same time as Hosea and Joel. Uh, we saw them. Uh, they ministered primarily in the northern kingdom, especially Hosea and Amos worked in the northern kingdom. Isaiah is a contemporary of theirs, but he prophesies exclusively in the southern kingdom. At this time, the northern kingdom is under attack by the nation of Assyria. Eventually, they'll be led away in captivity. Isaiah, like Hosea, had a son with a strange name. A son was born to him, and so I, uh, the Lord said to Isaiah, call him Maher Shalal Hashbaz. There's a name for you. 
That's a little bit hard to get on your driver's license. You might have to shorten it a little bit. It means swift to plunder, quick to carry away. The Lord goes on. He says, now before this child is old enough to say Papa or Mama, in Hebrew, Abba or Ama, before the child can say those words, probably about two years old, these kings, the king of Assyria, will carry away both the abundance of Damascus and the riches of Samaria. From the time that Isaiah was prophesying about two years out, Israel will cease to exist. They'll be carried away by the king of Assyria. This is a time for great depression in Judah. Now, Israel was fairly affluent. They, uh, they had a good life at this time. Judah didn't. Judah didn't share the riches of the northern kingdom. Judah was an agrarian society. They farmed the land. They, they had sheep. Israel had a standing army. When Assyria came, they could at least stand up to the army of Assyria and try to drive them away. Judah had nothing. They didn't have a standing army. When the, when the enemy came, they'd send out a call and the farmers of Israel would show up with their pitchforks and take their plows to a forge to have them beaten into the shape of a sword that they could use. Eventually, Israel saw its older sister nation carried away in exile. What hope did they have? This was a time for frustration, depression. This was a time of darkness. So Isaiah talks about that darkness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. Isaiah says there is hope. Yeah, we're walking in darkness right now. But a light will come that will dispel all of the darkness. We can have hope instead of depression. There's a light in the darkness. God will deliver Judah. Now the next few verses in the prophecy tell the story of a mighty warrior who'll come. He'll lead Israel and he'll defeat the Assyrian army. We're going to jump ahead a few verses. Look at what Isaiah says in verse 6. For a child is born to us. A child. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. Isaiah says this warrior is coming and when he comes, he'll be a child. Now, two things. 
what better way to fight depression than with a baby? <laughs> it's hard to hold a baby and not feel the joy of a new life. But this is not at all what they were expecting. They were expecting a warrior king to come and instead Isaiah says, you'll be given a baby. You'll be given a child. But the child is not just any child. Isaiah gives him four titles. The first title is Wonderful Counselor. Now you know for years I studied this passage, even preached from this passage, and just took that at face value that, hey, this guy knows how to counsel and he's, he's good at it. He's a wonderful counselor. That is not what it's saying. It says literally that he is a counselor of wonders. And that word wonders, every other time that it's used in the Old Testament, refers to miracles. God performed wonders and brought Israel out of Egypt. Moses did wonders in the desert and brought quail for the Israelites to eat. He's a wonderful counselor, but not in the sense that here's a guy that knows just what to say. Instead, here is someone who will stand by you and he does miracles. He's able to change the things that are affecting you. He's a counselor of wonders. He's a miracle worker. He is... Mighty God. Now, if you listen to some of the past episodes of Salty Saints, you'll have heard Zach and I talking from time to time about names of God. One of those names is the name Elohim. And that word means God, but it also means gods. It can even refer to mighty men, other heavenly beings. That's not the word that's used here. The word that's used here is exclusively God. This baby who is born is God. God is the mighty warrior that's coming to defend us. God will deliver us from Assyria. But when God comes, he comes as a baby. He comes as one of us. There is no other passage in the Old Testament and very few in the New Testament that are so clear. God is born to Mary. So when Mary takes that child in her arms, when Mary feeds that child with her milk, when Mary changes that child's diaper, she is holding in her hands God himself who came to be one of us, born just like us, but oh so different. He's God, and yet he's one of us. He's the eternal father. Oh, we've sang this song now a couple of times. Mary's maker, now born Mary's son. 
the baby, the baby in the manger, is the eternal father. What a paradox. But how true. He is the prince of peace. The same God who gives us peace in Philippians chapter 4 has a son who is rightly described as the prince of peace. Isaiah describes a child who comes. That child is God. The God who is coming is born like one of us. A miracle working companion. Mighty God. Eternal Father. And yes, a Prince of Peace. In fact, his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. With justice and righteousness, he will rule from that time and forevermore. Wow. There's hope. There's hope that one who is coming can deliver us. Now, when we started this message, we said, let's see what scripture has to teach us about peace. So let's just kind of summarize what we found out. We see that first of all, peace comes from outside ourselves. Peace is not a matter of pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. It's not a matter of just trying harder to be positive in the way that we think. Peace comes to us through the Prince of Peace. We find peace as Jesus comes to us. Secondly, faith can overcome depression. Now let me explain, let, let, me, let me tell you what I'm not saying by that. I am not saying that if you're depressed, you don't have enough faith. Not at all. I don't believe that. That is not true. What I am saying is that if you are depressed, one of the tools that can help you through that depression is the faith that you have. Look to God. Because he who comes brings us peace. We can find hope in unexpected places. Isaiah found hope in the birth of a baby. As we look around, what Whatever situation you're in, whatever it is that may be bringing hints of depression into your life, you may be surprised at what can help. Look for hope in unexpected places.
And finally, we don't have to bear it alone. Isaiah said, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. It's not to me. It's not just to you. It's to us together. We find hope as we talk to our families, as we talk to our friends that are here. If you're having some depression this holiday season, reach out, talk to someone. Let somebody know what's going on. Give them a chance to hear you, to pray for you, to minister to you. I guess what I'm trying to say is that today, to be Jesus in every corner of our culture, we should find peace in the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace was given to us to help us combat whatever there is around us that might be bringing us down, whatever depression you're facing. Find peace in the Prince of Peace. You know, during this holiday season, we have been lighting candles. Today, we'll light the candle of peace. One of the groups that came to us, came to our community several years ago, came to us from Africa. At the point that they came, we referred to them as African refugees. They're no longer refugees. They're brothers, they're sisters. They're part of us. And they'd like to come and thank us this morning for welcoming them into the midst of our community. After they sing for us, Jerome will light the candle of peace. Good morning, church. Good morning. We are really excited this morning. Uh, we are here uh, just to, to say thank you to God for everything he has done uh, in our daily life. We are here to say thank you to God uh, for everything he's doing in our spiritual life. Because the Bible says that uh, let everything that breathe praise the Lord. And we're going to praise the Lord through a song. And before we go forward, uh, we're going to listen a little bit from uh, one of our mom to talk a little bit about the purpose we have today. Tunamshukuru Mungu kumakuna majabwa na nidera kututendea katikele inchi. We thank God for everything God is doing for us in this country. Tunamshukuru Mungu kwani haikukua raisi wengi wametoweka walikufa na majali mbalimbali. Memungu anaendelea kutulinda, anakulinda wewe. Tunamwambia asati asubuhi leo. It has been not easy uh, uh, because uh, most of people they, they, lo they lost life uh, and uh, 
if we're still alive, we can just say thank you to God for everything he's doing for us because we are still alive. Wao walimulipa Mungu nini kwa maajabu yenyewe anaendelea kukutendea? Hakuna ya kumulipa Mungu. Mungu ni Mungu, anabaki Mungu. Kama leo tunaishi, tunaishi kwa neema yake. Koroni ilifika, watu wa mali wamekufa, watu wa wamekufa na ajali mbalimbali, tumepoteza wazazi, tumepoteza rafiki. Meleo tunaendelea kuishi kwa neema ya Mungu. Ndio maana tuko hapa kwa mwambia Mungu asati kwa yote yenyewe anaendelea kutenda. Uh, we didn't pay anything to God. Uh, uh, we didn't pay anything to God, uh, but we know that so many people lost their life during the pandemic coronavirus, and it was not easy. And uh, if we're still uh, alive, it's just because God has provided life for us. And uh, the reason why we are here to glorify God, to give him honor for everything he has done for us. We are faithful for that. Tutaenda kuimba kumshukuru Mungu wetu kwani Biblia inasema wote weni pumzi wa msifu Mungu tumsifu Mungu kwa mali yetu tumsifu Mungu kwa nyimbo na kwa maombi yetu amena uh, we gonna sing now because the bible say that uh, let every uh, everything that breathes uh, praise the lord and the, the song say that uh, you are Yahweh you are Yahweh you are Yahweh, and you will give all the glory to the God. Amen. You are Yahweh. 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 Alpha and Omega, you are Yahweh. Alpha and Omega. Yahweh, you are Yahweh, 
Yahweh, Alpha and Omega. Na Omega, Twa Kwa Budu Bwana, Wasa Hili Sifa. Wasa Hili Sifa, Twa Kwa Budu Bwana, Wasta hili sifa Wasta hili sifa Twa kwa budu buwana Wasta hili sifa You are Alpha and Omega, we worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We give you all the glory. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We give you all the glory. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Jesus is the Prince of Peace and is the light of the world. That's why we make this candle to glorify Jesus as a light. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jerome. In the same uh, prophet, Isaiah,
at the end of another prophecy. Prophecy which starts out saying, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. We read these words. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to bring back a remnant of his people, those who remain in Assyria, in northern Egypt, in southern Egypt, in Ethiopia, in Elam, in Babylonia, in Hamath, in the distant coastlands. He will raise a flag among the nations and assemble the exiles of Israel. He will gather the scattered people of Judah from the ends of the earth. We are the scattered people of Judah from the ends of the earth. That passage is fulfilled here before our eyes today. Praise God for what he has done. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.